Welcome back to the Prepared Mindset Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Austin. And, uh, you know, I just, I figured that we should take some time uh, and get you guys caught up on a couple of things that are going on here. Uh, it's it's uh, almost Halloween. Today's the 29th, so just a couple days away from uh, Halloween 2021. Wanted to talk a little bit about that. Uh, we're, it, we're a little bit behind schedule on a couple of things here and kind of wanted to shed some light on you know, where, where I've been, what I've been doing, um, some, some shift in focus, uh, temporarily, uh, a little bit of, um, I guess realignment in my life, uh, away from the podcast. So I, I kind of want to just take the opportunity this week to talk about, I guess that, you know, cause we don't, we, we spend a lot of time focusing on some pretty specific topics. Uh, and I feel like it's good every once in a while to just kind of bring you guys up to speed let you know what's uh, going on and what we're working on here at the Prepared Mindset because uh, there's a couple things going on, uh, a couple things I'm excited about. So we'll get into that. We'll cut it up a little bit. Uh, before I jump into that, as always, want to make sure we take a moment and thank our sponsors here at the Prepared Mindset. Uh, first is Slim Fit Holsters. Guys, if you're looking for a holster, if you're looking for a dump tray, if you're looking for a duty holster, something with a, a hood on it, uh, something that maybe that fits in a drop leg, head over to slimfitholsters.com. Use our code PREPARED10. It's going to save you 10% off, and it's going to give you free shipping on your order. We just recently started partnering with SlimFit, and they make an absolutely terrific product, right? Like I was saying, you need a duty holster. Something's going to fit in a drop leg, they offer that. You need something with a hood on it, level 3 retention, they offer that. If you're looking for an appendix rig, their Gladius is an amazing option. All right. That's what I carry with. That's what Sam carries with. It's an amazing holster. I've had nothing but a positive experience with it. Uh, they have their own, you know, their own twist on the uh, concealment wedge, which is made out of rubber that you can attach via some screws rather than adhesive backing. I've talked about that in the past. It's it, For me, it's a game changer in terms of just being able to experiment with your gear and find the, the fit that's right for you. Um, maybe you don't like the appendix rig. Maybe you just want the holster, their Guard Ultra. Again, use the code PREPARED10, 10% off, free shipping. Hey, maybe you hate appendix carry, right? I know there's those people out there that are the diehards, they, the strong side or bust, right? Uh, their regular Guard holster is an awesome option for concealed carry three o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock. It works, man. It just, it works. It's a great quality product. Um, and they're actually starting to get backed up for the holidays. They actually just put out some videos on their social media, letting people know, Hey man, if you're trying to get one for the holiday season, put your order in now. And it's not, it's not even so much uh, slim fit, you know, it's just the post office and any of you guys that have, uh, any of you guys that have had issues with uh, the shipping over the holidays, you know, you know what I'm talking about. I, every year, my my local post office is good for at least at least uh, one misplaced package uh, for a Christmas gift, and that's why you know for the most part, I will I try to do my shopping uh, ahead of time, uh, or I paid extra money to ship via FedEx or UPS, or I guess uh, once in a while it's like DHL, you know, just depending, but. Uh, yeah, head over to slimfitholsters.com. Like I said, use our code PREPARED10, 10% off, free shipping. Great, great products. You guys be super thrilled with it. Uh, go check out what they got going on with their new site that they dropped about a month ago. 
also mymedic.com. The fall is is a sports season, right, for high school, uh, specifically some big sports like football. Um, if you don't have a first aid kit for your kids' youth uh, or rec league team or going into the winter, winter sports like basketball and stuff, things happen there too. Uh, we had, you know, Lexi and I sat down a couple weeks ago. We talked about having uh, a plan in place, having the right supplies, having a medical kit in place for whatever might happen um, at the office, at the house, uh, in the vehicle for when you guys are out on trips or whatever. MyMedic.com, those guys have anything and everything you could possibly need. And they hooked us up with the code Mindset20. It's going to save you 20% off your order. You can head over and check out all the great options, the Auto Medic, the Pet Medic, the, uh, the MyFac, the Recon. There's, it, it seems like there's almost a never-ending list of options that you can really check out. And you get a lot for your money there. They even offer refill packs. So if you have an existing first aid kit, you just need to um, maybe some supplies for cuts, maybe some supplies for bleeding, you know, or airway or, or burn, whatever. You can buy just those specific items, those specific supplies, and you'll be good to go. Just throw it in there with your existing kit, replace what you used, no problem. You can still use our code MINDSET20. You can head over to our Facebook page in our offer section. You can use our link. You can support what we do here at The Prepared Mindset and and support the awesome folks over at MyMedic that are doing a lot to uh, help improve the quality of medical kits, IFACs that are out there for not not just those of us in the tactical space and you know the shooting space, but also those of us that are just outside in the adventure uh, you know realm, hiking, camping, uh, extreme vacationing, as it were. Uh, you know, you buy their kits, you get a, a exclusive link to a, you know a lot of uh, good educational content that is not freely available in a lot of other places. Uh, that's content that is uh, provided by uh, a former military. Uh, I want to. I want to say it's Billy Haley. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's he was a former Army Ranger. Don't quote me on that. It's great content. Um, I have watched it because I have purchased several pieces of kit from them, and it's awesome stuff. Usually, it's an entirely separate purchase to go ahead and get that access that information. Uh, they throw it in as a thank you for ordering through them and to make sure that they're doing everything they can to make sure that you are well prepared. So guys, cannot recommend them enough. And we're super, super proud to be working with them. MyMedic.com. One more time, our, de- our discount code is Mindset20. So getting into a couple of things. Um, I guess first off, you know, Halloween, right? Um, Halloween's, uh, it's a super cool time of year for a lot of people. Um I'm not necessarily one of the people that gets uh, all pumped up and uh, and excited about Halloween. I just I don't. Um, I don't do scary movies. I don't do thrillers. I don't. I don't love going out and like getting my uh, my heart rate up and stuff that way. I just I don't. Um, I never did as a kid. I never enjoyed that as as a teenager it just wasn't anything i i got super into you know it's cool as a child you know small child because everyone likes dressing up and you and your buddies all get together you're you know you all dress up as ninjas or soldiers or i mean whatever as kids right it's awesome because then you get all the free candy and everything as we grow up things obviously change but i think you know a couple important couple important things to point out with with this holiday now that we're 
we're talking about a little bit more serious matters. We're, we're older, right? Is just uh, situational awareness that has to come with, with this holiday, right? People running around in masks, people running around with all, all uh, matter of uh, fake weapons, right? Um, and that's not to say that they're always appropriately marked. I was actually just at the costume store tonight with uh, Lexi looking for some odds and ends for a costume party we're going to be going to tomorrow night. And, um, you know, uh, the firearms are all marked with orange tips or, or, or red tips. Um, not that those are very, regardless, very visible at night. So that's, um, that's one, right. But the bladed weapons, uh, things like knives and axes and, you know, whatever, none of that stuff gets marked with bright colors. Um, some manufacturers make it in that glow in the dark plastic, which makes it really easy um, to tell that it's a, obviously a fake weapon. A real knife does not glow in the dark. Um, unless there's some new kind of, you know, newfangled, uh, metal out there that I'm, I'm unaware of, which I mean, Hey, that's a possibility. I'm not a metallurgist. I don't know, uh, <laughs> what the new developments are. I, I, th- I try to, right. I'm pretty big on pocket knives and stuff. And, um, I try to keep my ear to the ground on a lot of that stuff, but I, I could miss it. Right. But, um, you know, so it, in that regard, you know, looking at the kids coming down the street, and especially now because we got, you know, you got older kids that are uh, still hanging out with their friends, going around trick or treating, uh, you know, throwing on masks, maybe, maybe out there looking for a little mischief, egging some houses, TPing some trees, whatever. You know, um, make sure you're 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 taking the time to discern, to, to identify, to read through, to analyze what you're looking at, um, before you even consider responding, uh, in any manner, right? Um, it's a, it's a, it's a cool holiday. It is. Um, but it brings a lot of challenges with it, you know, and I feel like every year you, you hear something on the news about somebody accidentally getting shot by police or, you know, uh, an altercation of some kind and um it's all it's all really preventable right i mean you can avoid pretty much all of this by just stopping taking a breath thinking um and considering what's what's in front of you i mean more than likely it's a child in a mask now that that's not to say that there still isn't the same escalation of force um certainly We've seen examples in the past of uh, children that want to stop acting like children and start acting like grown adults. Uh, they want to escalate to acts of violence and things, and it could be over anything. They could be they could run into somebody that they don't like from school. They could be out trying to uh, vandalize some property. They could be getting upset. I know. I remember growing up, uh, my mother having a couple not not physical altercations, but having. Um, I guess some heated verbal interactions uh, just at the house at our own front door um, because she ref- there were kids that would come knock on the door, you know, trick or treat, whatever, uh, well after the rest of the kids had gone. And the, these were clearly, you know, older kids, juniors and seniors in high school, sometimes even older, sometimes even them and their parents, right, just carrying around pillowcases, just looking for free candy. It's that's not. I mean, I don't really feel like that's the true spirit of the holiday. Um, I feel like if that's what your game plan is, 
Um, you can, <laughs> you can do the normal thing and just steal your kid's candy. Um, <clears throat> or you can just go buy some. Um, but don't, I mean, don't a get sucked into one of these situations, but B, I mean, just don't be the jackass that wants to fight with a homeowner because you want some candy and they won't give it to you because you're too damn old to be trick or treating. Um, that's the kind of stuff that happens, you know, and like I say, don't get sucked into it. It, it, it's it's really simple be polite um and i always think about like roadhouse when uh <laughs> when i think about stuff like this is be nice don't don't escalate be nice be nice until it's time to not be nice right um and don't let it get to that point honestly it's really easy to just close the door uh and and you know lock the deadbolt and, and it is what it is you know not let it escalate or anything um I don't know how much that actually happens. Like I said, I, I know there was at least two times I can vividly remember where it just got to a heated verbal interaction and that was kind of the end of it. And they just left, uh, something my mom freaked out about, you know, as moms do and stuff. Uh, but no, no real huge deal. Uh, but just be aware, you know, then that kind of stuff happens. Or if you come across any kind of, uh, physical interactions or altercations that, what could appear to be, uh, you know, somebody throwing around a knife or waving around a firearm of some variety. Just remember, this is <laughs> this is the holiday that where people do all that kind of shit, right? Everyone's got a toy gun. Everyone's got a, a fake knife. Um, may not legitimately be a, a threat. Uh, it, it could be, in the same token, it could be, and unfortunately, that's. When you get into a lot of muddy water, you know, having to be able to discern between what's real and what's not. And, uh, you know, it's not necessarily easy. You, uh, you, they, the manufacturers of some of these prop guns, toy guns, uh, plastic guns, right, uh, are supposed to uh, paint like, I want to I say there's an actual defined like legal uh, length, like, like half an inch uh, or an inch of whatever gun it is or, or, or toy, whatever, I mean, whatever you want to call it, it's a toy, um, needs to at least be painted bright orange or some, or bright red, something that, that makes it the muzzle of the, the firearm, uh, easily identifiable to help avoid these kinds of situations. Now, that's not to say there are not children that go out there and they sharpie over that. Or if the, the, um, the cap at the end of the barrel on the gun is the, is the orange part. They find a way to, <coughs> excuse me, they find a way to, um, to saw that off or pop it off or, st- you know, soak it in, uh, <laughs> I think we did this once growing up, soak it in, um, nail polish remover. So it, it softens the glue and you can just twist it off and not damage the rest of the gun. Um, I fully acknowledge I should not have done that as a child, but I, I definitely did do it. So, you know, just everybody have a good holiday, be safe and take that extra moment to take a breath and, and really analyze what you're looking at. Should you find yourself in any kind of poor situations? Um, also just a very friendly reminder to check your kids candy for things like razor blades or, you know, thumbtacks or anything else. Um, I feel like you hear about it on the news every year, somewhere, somehow. I never came across any of this as a child, um, at least not that my, my parents ever told me about. I think that it's an absolutely um, vile 
thing to do if you're, you're trying to assault children by putting, um, you know, blades and metal and, and stuff like that into their candy. Uh, but, you know, just if you're concerned for whatever reason, you know, check your kid's candy. Uh, be judicious about that. Take the extra couple of minutes. You know, they don't need to have it right away, obviously. Uh, anybody with kids knows that the last thing they need is more sugar, especially, you know, that late at night. So, um, put in the extra time, sort through the candy. Um, and if anyone has the bright idea that they think it's a really, really cool concept to impersonate a police officer, uh, this Halloween, uh, please just understand that, uh, stupid games, uh, have stupid prizes. So, um, that, I'm gonna leave it at that. Just make good, make good choices in that regard. Um, don't don't impersonate law enforcement or government officials. Uh, Halloween or not, it's not gonna end well. And, and if you and if you think that that maybe what you're planning might be crossing some of those lines, I would say, you know, at the minimum, you should stop and rethink your costume. Uh, but if you're committed to it, you know, financially or otherwise, I guess you could always reach out to your local police department say, Hey, uh, you know, we're thinking about doing this. Um, what can I do? What can I do? You know, I, I feel like you can't wear a big old patch on a plate carrier or something that says police. I feel like that's definitely over a line, but there might be some nuance to that. Um, so, uh, at any rate, everyone have a, a safe, uh, and enjoyable Halloween, whether it's yourself going out, doing some partying or you're going out with the kids. Um, in addition to that, um, you know, I mentioned my, a, a temporary refocusing. Um, so basically this past week and then, uh, it'll be next week as well. Um, I've mentioned before on this podcast, how I, uh, spent a, a large, um, a large portion, right? A large portion of my life, um, from the time essentially that I was 13 years old, uh, and uh, basically until now still right until current, uh, as a musician, uh, as a percussionist, uh, spent a lot of time starting in approximately 2007, started teaching, uh, high school students, uh, marching percussion, marching band, uh, winter percussion, things like that. So that was, that was a huge part of my life. Even before I, I found shooting and I, you know, started this podcast and, jumped into this whole, uh, other piece of my life. So I, in the last couple of weeks, uh, have kind of gotten pulled back into that a little bit. Um, wound up going up to the local high school where I was, uh, actually not, when I say local, what I mean is going up to my alma mater where I was a, obviously a student and a member of the band. Uh, and there was also a staff member and an instructor for several years, um, stopping actually the last year right before COVID hit, I had to, uh, bow out, so to speak. Um, just busy with work and things and, and other commitments professionally. Um, and personally, I just, I wasn't able to make the time, but, um, you know, uh, so I, I haven't been there for the last couple of seasons. I uh, went up to go watch rehearsal and, uh, well, ended up sticking around and, uh, spent last weekend at their performance and then spent, uh, three nights this week teaching. I'll be spending three days next week teaching as well as attending their, uh, state finals and, uh, you know, wishing them all the best and doing everything I can to be, uh, of assistance in that regard. 
Um, so time that, you know, usually I set aside during the week to work on things like content for the Instagram page, research for this podcast, uh, recording for this podcast, uh, things like Instagram live, you know, basically all the, the, the free time that I have, uh, aside from my day job, right. To develop, uh, content here has kind of been, um, well, it's been diverted, uh, to this, this new and this new and temporary, uh, endeavor. Um, and music I, was, is uh, a huge part of who I am and, and especially was so in my, um, in my youth, my twenties, um, both as a performer and, uh, as an instructor. And I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of similarities between what we talk about here with shooting, um, survival skills, mentality and work ethic. Uh, there's a lot of parallels between, you know, the, between musicians. Um, I don't want to say whether it's a concert musician, a rock musician, uh, marching, uh, band, marching percussion, you know, um, <clears throat> cause I certainly think that those lines blur them within themselves. So, um, but what I can tell you without a doubt unequivocally is, uh, the, 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 the lessons that I learned as a musician, things like being detail oriented, um, being very, uh, introspective, and self-analytical, as well as being able to set aside, uh, well, to some degree anyway, set set aside ego and um, personal frustration in a greater effort to uh, grow my skills, to develop myself as a as a person, you know, whether that's as a musician, as a shooter, whatever have you. Um, that is a set of skills and a mindset that that it was ingrained in me. Uh, as a musician, um, I was very fortunate. Uh, I, I think I've talked about this before. Um, but I was very fortunate in my youth to go through the percussion program at my high school. Um, <clears throat> had a, a gentleman who's uh, still a good friend of mine, uh, as an instructor, uh, someone who's uh, very dedicated to his work, um, teaching young, young students, working with the youth to help them reach their goals and develop themselves as, uh, musicians. And that's, that doesn't mean that they, you know, like I, I went on after high school. I spent six seasons after I was done as a high school, uh, marching musician. I spent six years competing until I aged out at the, at 22 years old. And I spent an additional, uh, shit, five or six years after that performing, um, with the Detroit lions NFL drum line you know, and then teaching after that. So, and not everybody does that. Not everyone dedicates themselves that way. Um, however I did, and I, it's very much a product of, um, of the program that I came through both at the band director and the percussion director are, were very, very instrumental in my development and my growth as a, uh, a young adult. Um, even at times it was, even though it was frustrating, right. Uh, it was a very set curriculum. Um, I remember every season uh, with the drumline as a member, um, and it stayed true as an instructor also. We would start every season. Um, you know, if the rest of the band started in the summer, we started in like the end of February and uh, with fundamentals, you know, things that we talk about with shooting, stuff like dry fire, uh, stuff like trigger pull, side alignment, those, those very or grip, right? Those very core. 
very essential skills and elements to what we talk about in everything encompassing shooting, right? Is the same thing with music, right? We would start in the winter. Um, we didn't, we didn't use, (laughs) we didn't use drums. Um, we, we put two by fours across some chairs. Um, everyone got sticks. We learned proper grip. We learned the six different stroke types. (laughs) Um, we learned our different, um, rudiments, which is basically just, you know, uh, sticking combinations. Uh, we learned all of that and we would meet once a week to work on just the fundamentals. And, um, it it actually, in a lot of ways made it easier, um, for the membership because as a new percussionist, as a new student, because I I was actually, I played the saxophone in middle school. So I was not, I had no idea what the hell I was fucking doing, um, walking into all that. So it was really nice that, you know, hey, we're all starting from the same point. Obviously, you have people who have been here before and are going to excel through this a lot faster, but we're all going to be working on fundamentals every year regardless. Um, so that was really nice, but also forced those people, just like we talk about now with dry fire and live fire and training and isolation, it forced those individuals who are experienced and <clears throat> um could potentially right be the ones to look at and go, well, I don't need to work on that because I've already spent time on it in the past. So that's beneath me. Not so. Um, it's always important to retouch on your fundamentals, uh, to, to check yourself, right. To set, uh, and I guess for lack of a better term, an, a personal audit of where your, your skills at have they deteriorated, right? Um, <laughs> the old adage of if you don't use it, you lose it, uh, comes to mind because, um, these are perishable skills shooting, uh, as, and, and drumming, uh, or yeah, any, any instrument really, if you, if you set that thing down and you don't touch it for six months, when you come back to it, I guarantee you, you won't play as well. It, it's just, that's, that's how it works. You know, we talked, uh, several months ago when I did, uh, when I had a discussion, um, about the neural connections, um, neurosciences and how that works in the human brain with training and, and, uh, essentially the, uh, absorption of, of data when it comes to building shooters. It's very similar to how it applies to, uh, learning music and, uh, and honing and refining your craft in that regard. So, um, again, I was very fortunate to go through a program that, <clears throat> that forced, and I guess, uh, to use a, a popular buzzword of the day, uh, uh, well, right now I would say the day, but, um, it mandated <laughs> that anybody that was going to be involved had to go through those steps. Um, and as a result, there's a, you know, the, the students that came through, it had a very structured understanding of what we were trying to achieve. And we had a very strong foundation off of which to build. And that was regardless of if you played the snare drum, if you played the bass drum, if you played the cymbals, if you played the uh, quad toms, you know, um, everyone understood the fundamentals and the basics. And then as we got onto instruments, we kind of branched out and you, you learn the finer points, the finer skills of working with your particular instrument. Um, very much the same way we do once we get into manual art, uh, manual of arms with things like an AR, platform or an AK platform, or maybe it's something like a bullpup, right? You, you, your fundamentals will always stay the same, but the, you know, the further you progress yourself, the further you'll have to develop those specialized skills. So, um, again, very fortunate in that regard, but then it, it forced us to, we practiced weekly, 
um, to the point of it being frustrating, right? Uh, finding those issues and is it an easy fix? Maybe. Usually not. It's usually very frustrating. Uh, and having to be introspective, you know, questions like, okay, what was wrong with that? Someone tell me. Raise your hands. And not just, you know, not just that immediate appreciation or that uh, immediate, I guess, gratification, you know, like it's just rather than just give give us the answers and even as an instructor rather than just tell the kids here's everything that's wrong um ask them to tell you right um and and for those of you listening that have ever taught anything uh whether it's firearms or school or anything else you you know um sometimes the best way to to spark that development uh and to help spur that learning process is by asking the student themselves to try and be introspective of what they just did and you guide them through it. Right. And you kind of, um, give them some hints here and there. And, uh, sometimes they'll throw out wrong answers and you explain to them why that's not, why that's not, uh, the correct answer. Sometimes it's a, well, that's sort of the answer, but not really what I'm looking for. Um, and it's an, uh, it's an incredibly unique experience compared to a lot of other things. I can tell you, um, Having been someone who was an athlete in middle school, and I actually I shouldn't even say that. I use that term kind of loosely, but I played football in middle school. Um, did not have a great experience with it. Um, I was not the most athletic person on the, on the team. Um, however, we had some teachers, some coaches, um, some instructional staff, if you will, in that uh that department they, they were less than accommodating to those of us that weren't um that, that weren't athletes that had played on travel organizations that just knew uh all these all these different terms and phrases and things i remember um one time right never it didn't happen for me the whole seventh grade my eighth grade season we were setting the team and i really wanted to play tight end my dad had played tight end in middle school and that was his position i was i really wanted to try it so <laughs> coach told me, okay, run a button hook. And I go, okay. And I had a vague idea of what a button hook was, but I couldn't remember. Do I, do I curl inward or I curl outward? And I got to run it three times. And, um, the first two times I curled the wrong way. No correction was made. They just threw the ball wide of me. And then, um, I should say the first time they made a correction. The second time they told me you have to curl your go the other way. And, uh, I didn't catch the ball. I, I missed it or, or something to that degree. And that was it. I got three attempts and that was it. You know, you're clearly not a good fit for this. There was no, um, like I said, there's no explanation of what I was supposed to be doing, what I did wrong here. Let's work on it and come back, you know, tomorrow or come back next week and show me what you got. None of that. So not a great experience. Uh, as a result, that team out of six games, we won three, we lost two and we tied one. Um, not, not a great experience for a lot of those kids involved. A lot of them didn't even play at the high school level because the experience was so bad. But, um, so it was very different when I got involved into music. Um, there was a structured practice schedule. Um, you know, Hey, we're going to rehearse from five to nine, two days a week. And as we get further into the season for competitions and stuff, it's going to go up and up. And then the expectation was set that, um, that you're going to practice on your own outside of that that you're you're gonna have to put in that additional time if you want to get where you want to be because six hours is not um 
it's not enough time, right? And and this is one of those things that really correlates, I think, to shooting because if you look at it, we always looked at it like practice is what you did at home. Practice was when you learned the music, when you you figured some you figured stuff out for yourself, and you really got it together and you did all your memorization. Rehearsal was the six hours a week that we were out on the field together as a group running through the drill and the show and the performance and everything. In that regard, your practice is like your dry fire, your trigger pulls, your sight alignments, your target transitions, your reload drills, uh, your um, garment, work on just garment clearing, all those, all those fundamental skills, those pieces, so that when you get to your rehearsal, which would be your live fire practice at your local gun range or outdoor range, wherever you can, right? You have prepared yourself adequately so that when you pull it all together um, in the rehearsal, i.e. the live range, you're not wasting a ton of time, wasting a ton of ammunition, um, and, you know, just it's a detrimental experience, right? You have to spend that time on your own working and figuring out uh, what the problem is and how to fix it. And, you know, obviously it was, a, it was a whole big process, right? You had questions, you could reach out, you got together with your buddies and worked on stuff, which again, not, not anything new, right? A lot of us get together with friends. We dry fired together. Uh, we now in the world of technology and social media, right? It's easy to shoot messages and videos and pictures back and forth and go, Hey, check out what I'm doing. Do you see, uh, do you see any place here where I could be cutting time out? Do you see any issues with what I'm doing? Do you see anything that needs to immediately be fixed? And you can have that discussion with your instructors. You can have that discussion with your friends. You know, it's very, very collaborative. Um, you know, back in the day when I was doing this, I think we had we had AOL Instant Messenger and um, <clears throat> we had MySpace, which I don't even know if MySpace is a thing anymore. Um, I remember that it was like life back then, but it, you know, clearly, clearly not the case now. Um, but getting back to my point here, you know, the individual practice is really when you start to see yourself grow, right? Um, and just like we talk about, uh, about using things like a shot timer, excuse me, using a shot timer to set specific standards, uh, give yourself a bar that you want to meet, um, as a musician, specifically a percussionist, working with a metronome was was that shot timer for us. It was how we held ourselves personally accountable. You could use it to set the bar higher and higher with things like how fast you could play, um, you know, uh, to keep you accountable for the tempo of the show music you were working on, um, if you were slowing down, if you were speeding up, right? Um, and it can be really frustrating, right? Um when you can do something at one pace, one speed, one, one level, um, and, and wanting and needing to take that next step and just not being able to, um, or, or thinking that you are, and then you apply that, um, that metric, right. That measurable, whether it's a shot timer or a metronome or whatever have you, um, it can be really frustrating. You know, well, shit, I'm not, I'm not doing it now. And I swear to God, I was, you're not wasting time trying to figure out where the hell the wheels are coming off on the live range. You can work on that, uh, in dry practice. You can work on that at home. You can work on that, um, in isolation, breaking down the fundamental skills. And it, like I said, that's something we did a lot of. 
it's something that I hated when I first started. Um, but I, I, again, like all things, as you start to see personal development, as you start to see some, uh, some growth and realize that, Hey, this works. Um, it sucks a little bit less. It still sucks, you know? Um, and I, you know, I like I enjoy dry firing. I enjoy working with my kit and everything. And I, I'm sure a lot of us do, right? That doesn't mean that all of it is fun. <clears throat> um, however, you just have to realize, you know, nothing, uh, anything that's worth having is worth working for, right? I'm sure I've said that before. I, I know I've I heard that growing up all the time from my dad and my mother. Anything worth having is worth working for. It's worth working hard for, right? And hard work doesn't have to be physically hard. I mean, mentally is it can be just as exhausting. I remember uh, coming home from some rehearsals um, at some different points throughout my my years as a performer, and physically we didn't move. The instrument was on a stand. But mentally, um, being completely drained and emotionally drained um, and exhausted and going straight to sleep because you just meant, I mean, you, you put yourself through it. <clears throat> so um, a lot of similarities with uh, what, what I encountered, you know, teaching um, and in what I encounter shooting. Um Nowadays, right, working from home every day in our, uh, what's the term, new normal, that's the buzz term, right? <laughs> now that we've settled into the new normal uh, of working from home day in and day out, um, I think it was uh, it was important for me to get out of the house and do something. Luckily, it turned into the opportunity to get back to teaching, getting in front of some high school students, um, imparting my wisdom, helping them try to realize and achieve some of their own individual goals. Um, and it's a cool feeling, right? When you see that light bulb go on, um, when you're able to explain something, maybe just a little bit different way. Not even to say that the guy that was that was doing it uh, before you or with you, uh, that what they said was wrong. But what you're saying could just be done in, in a different way, a slightly different way. Maybe it's a drastically different way. And all of a sudden, that makes sense. And it happens to all of us, right? We've had it happen in the office. We have it happen at the range. We have it happen in golf lessons. You know, um, sometimes just, you know, getting things explained to you one way or, or two ways, just it doesn't click. It doesn't make sense. And we struggle with it. We, we work, try to work through it. Um, a lot of times people give up and just walk away, unfortunately. So, uh, I think as an, as an instructor, as a teacher, um, as an educator, it's uh, a really, it's a really cool experience to see uh, a student just suddenly understand, Oh, this is what you meant. This is what you were trying to get me to do. And then they're able to apply context and do, perform that skill back to you, um, and be successful, right? It, it, it's a really cool feeling. Uh, something I enjoyed very, very much. Um, in addition, obviously just getting out of the house. Um, I spend all of my time in my home now, uh, working from home, just hanging out with me and the dogs, uh, while my wife is at work all day, which as awesome as it sounds, never leaving the house and working from home every day. And, and it, it definitely has its perks. Um, I feel like for all of us, you have to take the time to get out of the damn house to do something. I mean, whether it's you go take the dogs for walks every day, like a long hour long walk every day, 
or you find something like I did, where you can go teach music, uh, you can interact with other humans, <laughs> um, which has been great, honestly, just the the adult interaction outside of my my wife and the the phone calls to my parents and stuff. Because it, you know, as 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 far past, or I guess it, it as far as it feels that we're past. Uh, the COVID pandemic and lockdown hasn't been a thing in several months. And, um, you know, it feels like we should be past it and we're out of it. Uh, it, it still feels like we're, we're still in the lockdown phase because, you know, working from home and things like that, the isolation, I, it hasn't totally gone away. And mentally, it wears on you. And you know, stress and anxiety flare up, and that's it's just not it's not good to live with because it amplifies uh, other issues that you have. And I'm and I'm saying this as someone who is currently working through medical issues that are amplified <laughs> and exacerbated um, by stress and anxiety. Uh, so you know, um, the, find something to do, man. You know, whether it's an old hobby um, that gets you out of the house or. Uh, puts you in contact with some old friends that you haven't really made uh, made a point of reaching out to. Do it, okay. Um, find those things outside of just just work and just you know uh, family life, um, and make sure you're taking care of that. Mental health is huge. It's huge. Uh, you know, we saw so many changes with the lockdowns uh, personally. Um, internally, mentally, right, emotionally, uh, that I don't think any of us ever thought we would, right? I, I, I certainly, I can still remember back to the day I was sitting in the office being told, okay, um, we're not going to ask you guys to come back into the office until this is done. So it might just be a couple weeks. It might be a couple days, but it, you know it's probably gonna be a couple weeks. I don't think it'll be more than a month. Um, but you know you're gonna we're gonna after today. It was a Monday. It's after today. Just work remote, and we're not gonna ask anybody to come back into the office. Um, <clears throat> it was March fifteenth of uh, twenty twenty, and uh, I have been back into that office one time since then, and that was just to clear my stuff out of my desk because um, <clears throat> they sublet the lease out for our office space um so uh, you know everyone makes the jokes about oh well it's been 14 14 uh, days to flatten the curve and it's been 14 months and you know all that but i mean you start putting it into perspective we're coming up on two years pretty pretty freaking quick dealing with the covid19 pandemic um and the ramifications and the fallout that came from it and i feel like we'll be dealing with it for dealing with it for several years down the line um if not with like our physical health things with in regards to a vaccination and flu seasons i think mentally um a lot of us uh were forced to adjust our lifestyles in a rather small amount of time <clears throat> and i think that um we did so because we had to um and it was just it, it was what it was there was no alternative uh, so I think coming back from that, given that there's not a structure to it, there's less rigidity, um, I think it's just going to be a much longer turnaround to, to sort of cope with those things. Um, I don't like throwing around the, the term PTSD, but uh, I, I, I feel like maybe to some extent, and I'm, I'm not a psychologist, I don't really know what I'm talking about in that realm, but I do feel like to some degree that's what we're, we're all kind of dealing with as a society is is not is having been having lived through those experiences and now 
not really knowing, uh, not really knowing how to get back to get back to the before, you know what I mean? Um, if that makes sense. So, um, I know we kind of, we talked about a, a couple different things here and this is really just, like I said, um, I think it's a good opportunity to talk with you guys about what's, uh, what's been going on. Um, and, and in terms of what we're working on, cause I did bring that up. Um, obviously, uh, my goal is to continue furthering myself. You guys see a lot of that on the Instagram, um, a lot of discussion about things like optics and rifles and skills and stuff like that. But, um, as far as projects, um, where we are working on, it doesn't, it probably should have a working name for what this is, but doing some photo and video work, um, I'll go as far as saying professionally done. Um, it'll be a lot higher quality than what I usually am able to do on my own. Um, bringing together several parties to uh, to produce this, I guess. Um, so that's that's really what's on the horizon for us coming, you know, into the holiday season. Is really trying to put some of that together, uh, try to develop that, try to collaborate with that, and and not necessarily because I think it's going to be a super cool learning experience in terms of. Um, you know, weapons manipulation or shooting or anything like that. I think it's going to be a really cool experience in general um, for me to learn about um, photo and video editing um, and uh, also just, uh, you know, hang out with some really, really cool people uh, doing some stuff that we're all really, really going to enjoy. I'm seriously looking forward to getting that pulled together um, after this next week, um, next weekend, like I was saying before is state finals for the, the marching band I'm working with. So once that's done, obviously the season's over and I get back to my, um, regularly scheduled free time for about two weeks before we get into the, uh, Thanksgiving holiday. And then, uh, as everyone understands the, basically the next month between November 25th and December 25th are not our own. They completely belong to our families and, uh, and to uh, American retail <clears throat> as we all go shopping for Christmas gifts and um, and try to get that all sorted out and get everything ordered on time, um, which is another topic that we're going to be covering in the next couple of weeks here um, prior to Black Friday is uh, gift ideas. That was a, a that's a, something you see from a lot of different uh, content generators or influencers, whatever you want to call them. Um, it's talking about things like what to buy people for for Christmas. Um, I think we put a little bit different spin on it, um, and I always I, I enjoy those conversations. Um, I enjoy giving gifts um, in the process of trying to, uh, you know, determine what what would make a good gift for somebody. Not just is it shiny and expensive, but are they going to use it? Are they going to get value out of it? And that doesn't have to. That's not necessarily synonymous with a high price tag either. Um, but if they're going to use it a lot and they're they're really going to enjoy it, some of the best gifts I've ever gotten for my wife have not been very expensive. Um, but I use them every single day and I, I love them. So, um, we're going to be touching on that, uh, like I said, prior to black Friday, hopefully to help you guys get in a better, uh, position for, uh, the sales as they, uh, emerge. So, um, Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, I just wanted to make sure I, I shared some of this information with you. Um, usually, we try we're very structured, like I said, uh, but I do think it's you know it's worthwhile every once and again to just touch base, let you know what's going on, what we're working on, what I'm doing, uh, and and how the prepared mindset is uh, advancing through our goals. So. 
thanks for checking it out. Uh, I will be back next week with uh, our back to our regularly scheduled programming. So I, I hope you guys enjoyed it, and I hope everybody has a safe and happy Halloween. Uh, until next time, get out there, work hard, train smarter, and as always, be prepared. Be prepared.